0: I am a member of Alcoholics Anonymous, and I will be your host. You can email me at sarcasticbigbook at gmail, you can follow me on Instagram at sarcastic.aa.book.com. The website is recoveryradiokmp3.com, to get the books, go to sarcasticbigbook.com. And as always, I'm so glad you're here with me today. Don't know if your day is just getting started, or it's just winding down, or it's somewhere in mean it, grateful I have no desire to drink today, it's one of those days where I, I don't know, I just feel really good today, woke up, did my thing, <laughs> totally vague, took care of my wife, bunch of stuff around the house for her. When I'm at run, (laughs) I need to get new running shoes. The running shoes I have right now are not. I got some really nice ones, but they're giving me blisters, and I. So I tried these other ones kind of in a pinch, and they're not. I left twice this morning. One of the times I left was to go throw those shoes into the trash. Anyways, so this week, this weekend, I'm going to get some new shoes. I know that's why you tuned in. I know you want to hear this. I do have a piping hot cup of French roast coffee from Trader Joe's right here in front of me. It's a new batch, you know, where I put it in this container and mix it with some Don Francisco's and Act like I'm a barista or a scientist. I'm just blending two coffees. Anyways, it is delicious. Hope you're doing well. I am... Wanting to talk to you about Something. So, when I was new, there was this German guy. His name was Gaston. He was the first person I heard introduce himself in the opposite order, you know. Instead of saying, My name is so and so and I'm an alcoholic, he would say, I'm an alcoholic, my name is Gaston. He was very Polarizing. There were a lot of different opinions about him. Um, He was the first... I remember one of the first meetings I was at, some guy stood up behind me and went on a tirade. And everybody knew that he just wasn't on his medication, but I was new and I didn't know what the hell was going on. I didn't understand why everybody clapped after that. His share his terrifying share right behind me. But during that meeting, somebody was sharing and they said, I've only been to four meetings this week. I remember this. This is a long time ago. Gaston was sitting at the head of the meeting with someone else. He was like the secretary or something, and he he aggressively put his hand in the air, like with three fingers up. Correcting the man You were only at three meetings this week And That's probably my first memory of Gaston My experience with that man was Pretty incredible I learned a lot from him I found him to be Someone who made more sense to me as time went on You know, when I was 19 or 20, I didn't want to hear some old guy share on and on and on in an intimidating accent about all the things I was probably doing wrong. But I came to appreciate him much more as time went on. And um, he taught me some incredible, incredible lessons. One of them I want to talk about today. But before I talk about that, a couple of things he did teach me, I mentioned him on this podcast before, was there was one night, in the middle of the night I was freaking out, I didn't know what to do, couldn't get a hold of my sponsor, couldn't get a hold of anyone, so I called Gaston, it was like, I don't know, in the middle of the night. And he picked up, and he probably stayed on the phone with me for, I mean, I don't know how long, at least an hour, probably more. And Lord only knows what I was talking about. I mean. The nonsense that was spinning through my head at that time. Just. The the amount of patience that that man displayed. I appreciate today. (laughs) Because I can ballpark how crazy I must have sounded and been. But he stayed on the phone with me. And he stayed on the phone with me until I was. OK. And up until that point, most people in my life reached a point with me pretty quickly where they said, all right, you know, <laughs> we're done. Well, um, I guess I'll see you tomorrow. You know, that kind of thing. The quiet. Not so subtle. shoe, Go. Go now. This is over. He never gave that to me and I never forgot that. It had a big impact on me. I've thought about that a lot in my life since then. Matter of fact, that crosses my mind when whenever somebody's really struggling. That's something that has been ingrained in my mind. I think about that experience and how long he stayed with me. And um, that affects how long I will listen to people pretty frequently. Um uh, as long as I'm not robbing someone else of time they should have. Another lesson he taught me. He taught me a lot. But. The last time I saw him, he, was, he had an inoperable brain tumor. And I saw him in a meeting and he was going back to. He was leaving the country to be with his family. So I was never going to see him again. I was probably 20, I don't know, I was probably 22, 23 years sober at that time. A long time ago now. And I said, how are you doing? I, I didn't know the news. I saw him at a meeting. He was with a bunch of people. And and, he, and before I talked to him, he, I was looking at him and I thought, man, he looks great. He looks really kind of happier than he's ever looked. I said, how you doing? And he told me the news. He said, I'm, I have six months to live. I'm going, you know, back. And I'm like, and I was just really taken by that. I was really sad and hurt. And I said, you must be so afraid. And he said, Afraid? I'm grateful," he said. "I've had forty years of free life. You know, Emmett Fox says the thing where if you if you find. Fool's gold, you." We'll kind of, he doesn't use these words, but he'll dick around with it for a while. Like, you'll think that it's gold, that you'll you, you know, examine it closely, you'll get kind of excited about it. Blah, blah, blah. But when you, when there's gold, there's no doubt. When you find the real thing, there's no, you're not, there's no question. And I bring that up because when he said that, there was no question. He meant it. It wasn't fake gratitude. It wasn't, I'm going to go home and And express a different line of thinking. It's very powerful. And I watched him. For the rest of the night when he didn't know I was watching. And um. He was like the happiest person in the room. I never forgot that either. I'll never forget him saying that. I have, the way I look at it. I've had 40 years of free life. He meant I guess the the... What I wanted to talk about today is, he used to say, there used to be this meeting in town called, it was, you know, lovingly nicknamed share till you puke because there was no end time. You could share as long as you wanted to. It was on Friday nights. It was an alternative started by people who did not like a different meeting. Um, it was an alternative meeting to this big speaker meeting that's it's always in town. Always been here. And one time I was sitting there and he was, you know, at that meeting he would share for 10, 15, 20 minutes sometimes and a lot of people would. And I never minded. I liked what he had to say because he was teaching me a lot of stuff by his behavior. So he said in his thick accent, Um, the program, that's how he'd say it, the program, the program, he'd say, the program does not need to be repair. It can be preventative medicine. Meaning, you don't have to screw up a bunch of stuff and stray far from God and create all kinds of trouble in your life. And then go work the program. You can actually just. um, Seek God. Really invite God into all of your affairs. Not. Really just practice this stuff when things are good. And avoid trouble altogether. You don't have to bring about all this pain. You can always. Always learn, In the reading today from M. Fox in Around the Year talks about this, which is what made me want to talk about this, it talks about how you can always, you have, always have a choice from learning from spiritual unfoldment or, or or painful experience. I've learned so many things the hard way. By just thinking, there's a part of my life I can just play God in. There's a part of my life. There's an area of my life I can manipulate and control, and I've done that so many times. And I'm you know, currently experiencing, for the most part, In the recent years of my life, these long periods where, I mean, I'm just, I, I don't, I'm using it as preventative me- medicine, I guess is my point. Not like consciously thinking that, but I'm just, I'm, I'm just. I think about where I was at, like... And I don't judge my past. It's mean. It is like saying... It is like being mad at a... Butterfly. Because it used to be a caterpillar. It's just silly. I just think about all these... Lessons I've learned the hard way, all these things in my life that I've tried to kind of maneuver outside of the lens of where is God. Like there make exceptions for areas in which I should apply these principles. So. So can be preventative. It does not have to be... AA does not have to be a hospital. It can be... something that keeps you out of it. Metaphorically speaking. And, I guess, a lot of other otherwise, too. Anyways. I want to give a shout-out to Podcast Greater Than Yourself say hello to Chelsea I want to say hello to Dan hope you're hanging in there to my very good friend Dave Taser Dave out there in Texas and if anybody needs to hear it I'll say everything's okay everything's okay going to be on the cover of a magazine um, called Sexiness Rhymes with Orange. And I'm in the front wearing this tangerine. It's tasteful, but it's small. (laughs) Waiter... be the nearest exit, please. All right. Hope you have an amazing Friday, and Saturday, and I will see you on Sunday. And I do not know why my life was saved, but I'm going to go try to live a life that was worth saving, and I hope you do the same.